Hello, I am Marlon Diaz. And I'm Taylor Walker. And this is the Keeping It Local podcast. From the southernmost point of Florida. To the panhandle. We will be talking local politics as well as issues that affect everyday people. Taylor, are you ready for today's episode? Let's do it. Awesome. We'll be right back. And we are live. We're live. Awesome. <laughs> How are you doing, Marlon? I'm doing great, Taylor. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm super excited about our next guest, Mayor yeah. Eric Diaz Padron. Yes, Mayor. Thank you for joining the Keeping It Local podcast. No, thank you guys for having me. Of course. Taylor, take it away. Oh, the pleasure is ours. Um, so we asked most of our guests, uh, this is a great opener, um, where did you get your start in politics and governance? You're a really young guy, uh, so it, uh, it, it, you know, it's interesting to see how that dynamic played early in childhood and, uh, you know, your teenage years. A lot of people get passionate around that time. Uh, so we, yeah, so uh, we wanted for, to see where you got your start. So for me, my, my entrance into politics was uh, very, very young. I would say as a toddler. My dad was mayor of the city, and uh, I could see be seen run around, running around uh, the city chambers as a child. And uh, at the time, my dad served with uh, on the West Miami Commission with Marco Rubio, with Rebecca Sosa, with other uh, leaders who stayed in politics. So I had a, a really early introduction. Uh, following that, in, in high school, I volunteered a lot on the Rubio campaigns and Corbello's campaign, uh, Congressman Corbello. Uh, and uh, from there is when I really started making a lot of my relationships in politics that I've carried with me uh, till today. And, uh, and you know, a, a lot of the people who are running for office now are people that I cut my teeth with in campaigns. And uh, it's really exciting to see. Great to hear. And obviously now you are the mayor of West Miami. And I know I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of great things coming for the city as you bring uh, – Quite a young and fresh vision to the city. Um, can you talk to us a little bit more about that and what it is that you um, intend to do, um, obviously, as you have become mayor just recently? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's. Give us a little walk through your first few days as mayor and what you've been doing. It's so still far. new, Marlon, but I'll tell you. Uh... It's uh, it's been fun. Um, I intend to first uh, keep my campaign promises, which were mainly uh, centered around lowering property taxes and controlling overdevelopment. Um, I believe this year's budget will include a reduction in the millage rate and uh, and the residents will not be paying more in taxes than they paid last year as a stopgap. And then next year, we hopefully go for a larger decrease uh, in, uh, in taxes. And... Uh, and then in controlling development, we're working on a lot of things to to make sure that our single family home community stays that way. But beyond that, uh, I'm really excited about bringing government solutions, uh, resident driven government to the city. I have some really cool things that are I'm going to enroll um, between now and the end of the year that in some cases will be first of its kind of the nation um, that will allow for essentially one click government where government feedback where residents can very easily without having to almost think about it, um, provide relevant feedback uh, to to problems that they're facing uh, and day-to-day issues that they normally wouldn't have, you know, take the, the initiative on because it would require making an email to your councilman or to the city and the, the, the problem isn't that big of a deal. All little problems are a big deal to, to me. And, 
and I think that um, we can put together an innovative solutions where people can give feedback very quickly and very easily without having to make it a big deal. So when you were when you were talking on North Mayor, what were you aside from obviously your campaign promises to the people? Um, what were the bread and butter issues that people were talking to you about? Because that's one of the reasons why we do keeping them. So we want people from all over the state. You know, as we cover all the different parts of the state, to know what happens in specific areas of our of, of our state. So obviously, if you can walk us through what are the bread and butter issues that people cared about, so that people uh, those who are listening us not just in states, but you know, obviously get to know what West Miami and what the people of West Miami care yeah, about. So in, in West Miami, we're, we're, we're in a lot of ways a lot like many other communities where we care about our taxes, we care about our 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 environment, our, our single-family home environment, if that's the type of city you're in, like we are in, in West Miami. And uh, so those campaign promises were the bread and butter, right? But then beyond that, we have issues like uh, potable water piping, which is uh, drinking water where our, our infrastructure was very old, it's leaking, it's uh, it's causing, you know, some water quality issues, some environmental issues, and uh, budget issues. Uh, recently, uh, this year, Governor DeSantis signed the budget, and uh, we got $2 million in appropriations spearheaded by Senator Eliana Garcia and Representative Demi Busate Cabrera, um, $2 million from the state to address this issue. And uh, another $3 million from Congresswoman Maria Elvira on an earmark, uh, Maria Elvira Salazar, on an earmark from the federal government. So this year we got $5 million to address the situation, and it's, and it's very big. For that, for, uh, for us, that piping situation is our biggest infrastructure challenge uh, for most of South Florida. So your, your audience knows the biggest challenge is uh, the septic tank to sewer conversion. And uh, we in West Miami are, are fortunate to not have that problem because we converted to, to a sewer uh, over 20 years ago. Uh, we're very unique in that sense down here in South Florida to be a fully sewer city. Um, but the, the, the part of water piping is a total $16 million project. So the fact that we were able to get such a big chunk this year is, uh, is a blessing. And to kind of to kind of go off of that, I know you talked about a lot of the the get that you were able to acquire, which is awesome because I know up in uh, in the Panhandle, some projects weren't as funded as uh, as we would have liked this year. But you know that's the ebb and flow. Um, but what expectations do you have for federal and state representatives in your area, and how do their policies impact your work? I know you mentioned the budget, but it's you know it can be more than that. Right. So I can say, uh, you know, it's interesting. And uh, maybe two years ago, we had an entirely democratic representation, um, almost entirely, uh, where we had no entirely. We had a state rep, uh, Javier Fernandez, who was a very good guy. And uh, he was uh, he was our state representative. We had Jose Javier Rodriguez. Uh, he was our state senator. And Donna Shalala was our congresswoman. We had all Democrats representing us in the state and federal government. And within two years, that flipped completely where we have now all Republicans. And you have to be able to work with both with both sides and create those personal relationships, which I feel like I had very good relationships when it was Democrats. Um, now my relationships are even deeper because I happen to have been friends prior with to, uh, to them being in office with all the current representatives. And they're doing a fantastic job for us. Um, but that relationship is, is extremely important. Um, and as is their, 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 what, what they're involved in. I mean, uh, for example, 
Representative Busada Cabrera is very involved in appropriations um, and natural resource appropriations, as is uh, Senator Ilana Garcia. So those things were very important for us in getting our in getting our funding. Um, Congresswoman Salazar brought home a lot of money in the earmarks. We happen to be the highest amount from her uh, money secured, but that comes again from us and and I'll, I'll take I'll take a lot of the credit there. Our ability to uh, really show the 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 our elected leaders our issues. I mean, I feel like our elected leaders really really know what's mine these challenges because they've been here so many times because they had they talked to to me and to the and to the residents in my city so often because we really make it a point to get in front of them and uh and thankfully they responded uh in incredible fashion again that that five million dollars that we got this year for that piping was the most we've ever gotten from the state government and the most we ever got from federal government in the same year so it was it was a massive uh it was a massive get this year um and and just kind of Going off of that, investments like that obviously make way for long-term plans. Um, what are some of the visions? I know you mentioned what you kind of wanted to do before the end of your current term, but what are some visions that you have for the city in the next maybe 10 to 15 years that you feel it is important to lay foundations for now? Yeah, so I think that um, ultimately the city has to grow in geographic territory. I think that... Um, we, we're mainly surrounded by unincorporated data, which for your residents, for your audience uh, outside of Miami-Dade County, uh, Miami-Dade County serves as an umbrella government over all 34 cities in the county. And they have areas that they run city services for as well that we call unincorporated data. And uh, these areas are not in a city, but they get all their services from the county. Um, now, cities in Miami-Dade, unlike in other parts of Florida, uh, can actually go and, and petition the county to incorporate those areas, and and uh, in a process called annexation, annexation, and annexing those areas to be part of the city, which I know that in other parts in the state have to be done by the state of Florida. Um, I think that ultimately the ten next ten fifteen years will include West Miami growing um, into a much larger city um, in terms of area. Uh, so I'd like to to set the foundation both in in taxes because that helps actually acquire the land um, because nobody likes to get their taxes increased from the county's low rate to a a city's uh, higher rate. So in lowering the taxes and setting up this infrastructure and setting up uh, some of this more scalable government structures, we allowing we're allowing the potential for the next 10, 15 years to be a time period where we're growing the city at a sustainable rate. And will actually allow us to bring down a lot of our costs because of economies of scale. So on to other topics, Mayor. Um, have you, in your time with Mayor now, have you worked with any other city mayors in finding common solutions to the issues that um, that people are concerned about? Are you having any issues with a sister city that you're perhaps working now to, to find a common solution for? Can you... If, if, if there is anything, can you give us a little? Sure. Walk? Uh, I would say uh-huh. that the mayor I work closest with in the county is probably uh, our neighbors to the east in uh, in City of Coral Gables, uh, Vince Lago, who is an excellent, uh, I would say, still rising star in in, in politics in South Florida and the state of Florida. Um, 
we've we're working on some things together. Uh, we've worked together in the past on creating joint task forces for human trafficking with our police departments, et cetera. We're working together now for some transit solutions, um, and we'll continue to work together very closely. It's been only a couple months, so we're still in the early stages, pre- preliminary stages of of working together with other governments. I'm still trying to make sure my my home is secure, you know, in, in West Miami. Um, but it's uh, we have some partnerships with City of Miami coming with uh, some of their government services that can come across uh, the street. So it's uh, we got some partnerships coming in terms of sister cities. I I think you mean sister cities in terms of you know in the county. But I'll but I'll piggyback off that and say that we're looking at doing uh, international sister cities, um, and uh, we're talking with some to see if we do it a cultural exchange where we get public art for our areas from those countries um, in exchange for a sister city agreement um, where we do a cultural exchange. So we're working very hard on that because we think that it could provide some public art solutions and uh, and bring a lot of public art to a city that really hasn't had an emphasis on that uh, uh, ever in its history. That's amazing, though, um, now that I think about it, because I know in where I'm from, like the Pensacola panhandle area, the arts are important. But I remember when I visited Miami, um, I guess it's almost it's a year and a half ago now, I recognized how important the arts are to the community, it, just in general, to see it everywhere, to see it in the architecture, to see it publicly displayed. Um, what is it like to kind of parlay that into public opinion, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I know that something like that is is can be kind of an interesting bargain to make. Yeah. So we'll, um, a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, a lot of these governments have impact fees on development that allow for public art purchasing. And that always gets tricky because public art is subjective uh, by nature. And uh, in the past, there's been a lot of controversy over spending a lot of money on certain pieces that the residents don't a lot of times like very much um when it comes to our city i you know we're going to be doing it in a different way so it's going to be i think more palatable uh to everyone in the sense that we're not going to be paying for this art uh in in the general in the traditional sense it's going to be coming as as a as a gift from a international city as part of a sister city so it's it's almost as much of a of an piece of art as it is a representation of a relationship between another city. So it's, 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 uh, it's definitely going to be, um, a different, uh, I think a different reaction than in some other areas where the city is actually going out and buying the art and putting it through a committee of five and, and hoping that the residents, uh, like it. But at the end of the day, I think, uh, public art, even with the outcries, uh, like you saw in some cities near, nearby mine in, in West Miami, um, at the end of the day, people, uh, learn to appreciate it and it becomes part of the community. And even the most wacky art becomes part of the community. It just becomes a mainstay. Um, and you know, art is about reaction, I guess. So it's, uh, it's, it's always good where you get a reaction as, as opposed to no reaction at all. That is actually one of the more sophisticated takes on art that I've heard in a very long time. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was quite refreshing, Mayor. Um, so I guess I'll ask one final question um, to kind of parlay that. Uh, so 
you are you're obviously a really young guy. Um, what advice would you have for young people wanting to get involved in local governance and local politics? You know, I, I would say that uh, there's a lot of boards, uh, a lot of boards, actual boards from governments, uh, sponsor boards, advisory boards that go. Uh, the positions are vacant a lot of the times, and a lot of the times they're not issues that you're super passionate about. But if you know, I, I would say try to get onto these boards because it, it, it does give you an introduction onto real government. It gets, it gets you in contact with people who are a lot of times much older than you, but it's uh, but it, it really is a really good introduction to to how real government uh, operates. And uh, I would say I, I was I was on these boards at a very young age, and it it changed my it changed my perspective on how I approached local government. Um, and you know, don't don't be scared about about asking to be on one or being intimidated to be on one because you don't you don't know everything about the subject or you feel like you're gonna be looked down on. These boards uh, are are structured in a way where where you can sit on there and and make honest recommendations without being a uh, you know crazy subject subject matter expert with 20 years of experience. So I would say if when there's vacancies uh, that need to be filled, try to fill them. And uh, obviously, campaigns are the number one place to make friends in politics if you pick the right one you'll uh you'll never have to make friends again (laughs) um so get involved in as many campaigns don't worry about getting paid you know to take the weekends put in some sacrifice and 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 uh and cut your teeth because uh people notice that and and if the right people notice it you'll 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 make a lot of good connections and good friends and and have a, a long uh you know good time in politics and hopefully impact your community so, Mayor, walk us through your plans for Fourth of July. What is West Miami doing for this Independence Day? Just give us a walkthrough. Uh, uh, so, uh, no, listen. Uh, I'm I'm going to be having uh, we're going to be having our Fourth of July event uh, on the on Monday, like any like a lot of other cities. So we're getting ready for fireworks and and community. It's been the first time since COVID started that we are going to have a fireworks display and bring the community together. So we're really excited about that really excited about bringing events back uh from this pandemic era uh back to back to real life um so that was one of the campaign processes i made uh i ran against an incumbent like i I think i mentioned before uh and part of it was bringing back civic society civic events uh bringing back community so this is our first uh our first step back and uh, we're really excited about that so um no thank you marlon thank you taylor for having me uh it's been a pleasure uh, to be on here on your show and and I hope to speak to you soon. Absolutely. Okay, Mayor. Thank you so much for what you do, Mayor. All right. So we are on to our next segment, which is called Freshly Squeezed. Yes, Freshly Squeezed. Uh, we've got, I don't have as much from North Florida. I don't know about you, Marlon, but I do have some statewide news. Um, so Freedom Week, which is July 1st through July 7th, is a sales tax holiday throughout the state of Florida that allows sales tax breaks on, as listed, admissions to live events like sporting events, movie theaters, and state parks, fitness facility dues and fees, outdoor recreations items, Boating, water sports, and things like snorkels, masks, life jackets, anything you might need to go boating or outdoors uh, 
snorkeling um camping supplies collapsible chairs sleeping bags fishing supplies and general outdoor supplies like sunscreen insect repellent water bottles all of that is going to be sales tax free oh and i think there's an addition now pool toys supplies and chemicals which for folks in florida trying to beat the heat that's a huge deal um and thanks to the state government those will now be sale tax free from july 1st to july 7th so get it while it's getting good that's my recommendation and I want to extend our deepest thanks to the Florida legislature for making this happen. Because without them, we wouldn't be having this. So if you got anything you need to replace in your house, if you got anything you would like to buy that you can get tax-free, go out to the stores. Let's help our economy. Mm-hmm. Going out to the stores and buying and making purchases and going to all kinds of things, you know, but... Our economy seems to be tanked, not going anywhere. So I know, I know, but it's one of those things where it's the state is doing well despite all odds. Yet the national economy is absolutely just—it's—it's it's absolutely killing us. Uh, you look at the price of gas, and some days I wake up and I go, "Is it going to go? Is it go more? Is it going to go higher? Is it going to go more?" I—I I can't. It—it breaks the the suspense of belief. I, I can't believe it, but. You know, it's it's one of those things that we're still being excellent. And that's another thing to think about, too. It's one of those influx situations. Now that we're in summer months, we've got a lot of tourists coming down to visit us. Um, so I hope to, to see and reap the benefits of that. A lot of folks in northern states who are trying to get away from, you know, still restrictive COVID policies that want to get out on the beach. That's going to be a huge impact on our economy because they're going to spend money while they're down here. So that's something that uh, I've I've got my eyes out for, and I'm I'm staying hopeful. Um, I also have some uh, some news. Maybe it's more statewide, maybe more national. But then again, Florida's national these days. Go for it. Um, so as of recent, we're starting to see a trickle down effect from donors from the Trump campaign to the DeSantis campaign, hmm. and with that came a lot of unexpected endorsements of DeSantis, I believe, in the past few days. Joe Rogan mentioned him. John Stewart has mentioned him. Brian Kilmeade on Fox. This is an interesting shift that we're starting to see people... Elon Musk. Elon Musk. How could I forget? How could I forget? They're starting to shift from the Trump camp to the DeSantis camp, and DeSantis himself is not even welcoming it. He's not He's not being like, oh, I'm perhaps going to run. Would you like to endorse me? That's not happening. This is all natural. So I, uh, I let's, let's have a discussion about this. Oh, let's let's have a discussion about this because at the end of the day, if you think about it, the former president, President mm-hmm. Trump, lives in lives in Florida. He lives Florida. on the beach. Yeah. He's a Florida resident, and the person that's being talked about the most is our very own governor, Ron DeSantis. And I tell you, I when I talk to everyday people, mm-hmm. when I talk to people, um, you know, Central Florida is such a hot spot for for people to come from different places. You have a lot of tourism mm-hmm. because of the parks, because of the different attractions that are here. So when you talk to everyday people, um, and, and, and what, I, you know, what I'm hearing is people are very, very satisfied with the job that the governor is doing. Mm-hmm. He's speaking on their behalf. He's working on policies that really matter to them. Mm-hmm. Although some in the other party may disagree and might see it and might make it into an issue rather than a positive 
legislation that can help and benefit the people of Florida. So, hey, we have a great governor. Yes, we do. And some of the, I guess, one of the more functional aspects of, of that dynamic that I would like to mention, it's not even the January 6th hearings. I'm looking at some of the endorsement track records. And a lot of folks you see in places like Pennsylvania and Arizona, Trump has endorsed people that a lot of, especially conservative people, are questioning. And the success rate is not as high as it used to be. And when it comes to things like political fundraising and political donation, it's it's all a betting game. It's all a matter of who's going to have the most safe bet. When I put my money in your hands, who is going to keep it the safest and who is going to perform the best? So you're seeing it's a matter of faith, really. And I think you're seeing a lot of people go to someone who's been surefire since day one and not and not a bad policy. Well, nobody's perfect, but not a bad policy pass that sticks out. On really either side, I think he also engages a lot of bipartisanship with things like the environmental policies that he does, I I think even education policy, um, and especially our relationship and our good faith relationships with foreign um, agents, you know, comments on other uh, other nations, especially as it affects because we mentioned this uh, international politics can be local politics especially in areas like Miami and, you know, it's, it's something that DeSantis is not afraid to say what's on his mind. And I think people respect that, but he also has a little bit more couth um, perhaps than, than some former parties, but it's definitely something to keep your eye on. And it's, it's a, it's a Florida game for sure. It's something we'll, uh, we'll keep our eyes on. The support for DeSantis is highly increasing. Um, Among Republican voters, among independent voters, and everybody has him eyeing the White House in 2024. I cannot wait for August to come so that we can put a final put a final note and just gear up for November. I absolutely agree. Uh, it, it'll be it'll be an interesting game to watch for sure. All right, with that, and with that, <laughs> we wish well, you guys we'll the same together. Yeah, we wish we wish you guys a fantastic Independence Day weekend. Stay safe, you know. Make sure you know don't swim alone, and also make sure you're being safe when you're lighting firecrackers. Because as somebody from the Panhandle area, that might as well be Alabama. I've seen some firecracker stories. You know, just be safe. <laughs> yeah, and we pray that your bill this year was not as bad as they say it was. Mm-hmm. You know, last year the White House said that we uh, saved sixty cents. Um, on food for the 4th of July. So um, from here, all of, from all of us here, at keeping it local, once again, I want to reiterate what Taylor said. We wish you a happy Independence Day. God bless America. God bless this country. So God, bless God bless America. <laughs> we get to do this. We get to have these discussions and um, in a free and open forum. Um, and we thank you for listening because that's the other thing. We got to thank our listeners. Follow us on Instagram. Let us know your comments. Let us know what you think. Let us know who you like us to bring as a guest. So with that, we thank you very much. And we're off. We're off.